Welcome to the Red Dot Blog podcast. I'm Jason Horsch, owner of Xanadu Gallery, and this is a new format for us. This is episode one of the Red Dot podcast. Uh, This is the week of March 13th, 2017. And I want to uh, just give a little introduction on this podcast. This uh, is something that I've been wanting to do for some time. Um, I've had requests from uh, blog followers who've watched some of my videos in the past. Um, And I've I've certainly, there have been times where I thought, boy, it would be nice to just talk about something rather than having to write about it or uh, produce a video that requires a lot of editing. And so I'm excited about doing this podcast. Um, It's going to be a little less formal. I've got an outline that I'm going to be following, but it's going to allow me to share experiences and talk about concepts and principles of both the art business and art in general, without doing quite so much preparation and work, writing, that kind of thing, editing. Um, so I, I'm really looking forward to this. And, and besides, uh, as many of you may have figured out over time following me, I love to hear myself talk. So this is the perfect opportunity to do that. Um, my hope, though, is that this format is something that will allow you to maybe listen in your studio or in your car or uh, maybe while you're out uh, walking around, um, and, and it just becomes a little bit more formal, a little bit easier to interact with than, say, the videos or or other formats that we've done in the past. Um, this is episode one, and I'm not exactly sure where we'll, you know, how it will evolve or develop. Uh, my intention at this point is to create one of these podcasts every couple of weeks. I sat down earlier in the month and kind of went over my scheduling and um, many of you will be familiar with the ideal week format that uh, I've I've talked about in, in past blog posts and that I talk about on the Art Business Academy. Well, I, I sat down and kind of carve, recarved up my time um, and looked at my my scheduling and my weeks, and I, I found a little window, about an hour and a half, uh, two hours that I could carve out for prep time, recording, and, and editing. And so hopefully I'm going to be able to make that work consistently every couple of weeks. Uh, I'm not going to be very strict about, uh, you know, holding myself to this, committing to hold myself to this schedule initially. We'll see how it works out and uh, just let it kind of evolve. Uh, but hopefully it will be a uh, a fun opportunity to reach out a little bit more. I will, uh, uh, of course, send out an email notification uh, when a new episode becomes available. So keep an eye out for that. And obviously, we're still figuring out distribution and what's the easiest way for you to get the podcast and listen to it. So uh, bear with us while we work through the logistical and technical side of all these questions. Um, but uh, like I say, I hope it's going to be a lot of fun. And my, uh, my, my plans for this podcast are for it to be wide ranging. Um, I will experiment. My, I would hope to have some guests, artists, um, authors, uh, business experts, um, kind of keeping in line with what I've been doing on the blog in terms of subject matter. I really do want to keep the focus on um, building a better art business, on the relationship between galleries and artists. But, um, you know, if if we range a little wide from there and, and do some different things, uh, hey, that's okay, too. Um, I will take questions from the audience. We'll work on the mechanism for uh, getting those questions to me. Uh, I want to give you some insights uh, in, in from my experience in the gallery business. And, and that's going to be a big part, too, of what we'll be focusing on is sharing some experiences, um, not quite in real time, but maybe giving me an opportunity to reflect on what's going on in the gallery in the day-to-day and, um, you know, just give you some insights into what that experience is like. Um, and then I'll also be reviewing and and looking over um, some of the recent blog posts that I've done on Red Dot. 
Um, it'll give me a little bit of opportunity to expand on those, maybe reply to some of the comments that you have all made um, to posts there. Um, and then beyond that, we're just going to have fun. We're going to do whatever we want. And um, like I say, let it evolve. So um, I, I will also mention that it's not my intention to spend a ton of time in post-production, uh, you know, trying to make this into the world's smoothest, cleanest podcast, most professional podcast. Uh, it may end up being a little bit raw. You may hear some uh, pauses and some ums and ahs as I'm trying to to get myself up to speed on a thought. Um, you're, it, 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 like I say, it's going to just be a little bit raw. And um, at least initially, uh, I hope you don't mind that. Uh, that. If I start thinking about spending a lot of time or having uh, one of my staff spend a lot of time on cleaning up the recordings and uh, you know trying to make it into that amazingly professional podcast that you maybe get from other sources, it would be enough to uh, just stop me from doing it. So uh, we're going to keep it simple, keep it fun, and um, just see where it goes. So uh, let's begin today. Um, I, I want to talk just a little bit uh, about some recent um, blog posts that I've done. I think there's um, been some really interesting conversation around these posts and um, points to some interesting trends that I'm seeing in the business. So um, I'm going to start with that. And, um, uh, you know, obviously, you may be listening to this podcast uh, weeks later, months later. Um, so, you know, it may not line up with what you're currently reading on the blog. So I, I may just give a little bit of background from these posts and, and then dive in and talk about it a little bit. Um, the first one I want to talk about is a quick poll that I did earlier this week um, where I asked you, uh, my readers, to share what your experience has been in terms of sales over the last year and going into this new year. Um, we're, we're almost done with the first quarter of 2017. Um, many of you have probably been preparing your taxes and, and reflecting a little bit on, on what happened in 2016. So this is a good time to have that conversation, I think, and, and to get some feedback um, as I mentioned in the post, we have had um, what I would consider to be a, a banner year 2016. Sales were very strong. Um, we, we saw some uh, encouraging trends in terms of who is buying art, what kind of art they're buying. It just seems like, um, at least from my perspective, the art market is is strengthening and um, you know headed in the right direction, and and this in spite of the fact that uh, you know it was a an election year, which conventional wisdom, uh, or or at least um, maybe folk wisdom, tends to tell artists and galleries that well, an election year is typically tough people aren't thinking about art as much um you know they're they are uh, caught up in in politics and just just thinking about other things and so um you know there may be uh, they may not be willing to spend as much time looking at art or thinking about art they're they're just distracted um and and i think that to to a certain extent um this can become a bit of a self-fulfilling prophecy. If if your attitude and mindset is that, oh, well, it's an election year, it's just going to be bad, I, I think there's a natural tendency to maybe, um, you know, back off a little bit and just accept that things are going to be a, a bit slower, um, you, you know, or maybe not even consciously, but but um, that could just tend to happen. And, and I would um, think... And, and have thought that uh, this is exactly the wrong reaction to have um, in, in that kind of situation. Um, you know, if there is some external factor that would seem to weigh down on our art sales, whether it's politics or the economy, um, I mean, that's a signal to us that we should be redoubling our efforts and pushing as hard as we can to make every sale happen, um, to get, get the exposure 
And I, I think that was kind of our take um, going into 2016. Um, you know, I, we, we did a lot of different things in the gallery um, in terms of bringing in new artwork. Um, I hired a new salesperson, um, you know, in addition to the staff that I already had. And we just really uh, made a commitment that we wanted to see 2016 um, ramp things up and and wanted to have, um, you know, as positive an attitude as we could about sales. And I, I think we did see um, some positive results from that. Now, it's a little bit hard to know, and I wouldn't want to try and take um, undue credit for the successes that we experienced um, fully because, you know, I, I do suspect that we are also seeing the, uh, you know, the larger results of just the economy um, making it slow and steady, steady recovery from the Great Recession. Uh, I believe that it really has taken, um, you know, these years. I mean, goodness, we're headed towards 10 years uh, from the time that the the recession kind of kicked into gear. And I think it's taken that long for a lot of folks to rebuild what was lost during that time, um, especially our clientele, um, the gallery and your clientele, art buyers in general, to dig themselves out of the challenges that they were facing, the losses that they suffered, and and kind of start rebuilding and get momentum going again um, towards, uh, you know, having the income that you need in order to be able to acquire artwork. And so, um, you, you know, I think the, the combination of that along with our... our um, just push and in greater effort to uh, engage people to show new work um, to to promote and market more uh, added up and and built some momentum for us uh, throughout 2016 um, you know we're very seasonal in Arizona uh, our, our high season is during the uh, fall winter and spring and then we slow down a lot during the summer months Um <clears throat> Excuse me. Um, and and what we saw, we we did have a little bit of a, a slow summer, and um, we took advantage of that to use some of that time to do some remodeling in the gallery. Uh, that remodeling is probably also a factor in our increased sales. And um, and and then in the fall of last year, we things really kicked into gear for us, and that was when we started to see the the dramatic uptick in sales year over year. Um, from 2015, and and that kind of carried through into the spring of this year. Um, February was a record month for us in terms of uh, the number of sales. Um, it was the highest month that we've had without, if you, you take out um, months where we've had some uh, unusual, large individual sales. So for example, um, I represent a bronze sculptor who does monumental size works that uh, can sell for $50,000, $100,000. And so obviously when you throw one of those into a given month, uh, that has a very dramatic impact on, on sales for that month. Uh, we didn't have one of those in February, um, but we saw a very broad-based increase in sales, um, and and really, um, and and that was one of the trends I mentioned in the blog post was that we really are seeing buyers from across the market coming into the market to buy, and and I think that is very encouraging. Um, certainly, during the recession the what I would call the middle market kind of fell out of of the art market. Uh, you know, buyers who were purchasing artwork in the, uh, you know, several hundred to maybe low several thousand dollar price points um, really dropped off. And that's not to say that, 
you know, some of our more wealthy clientele wasn't still buying some of those items. Um, but my clientele that had been, you know, my strength in that part of the market certainly dropped off during the recession. And what we're seeing now, 2015, 16, and going into 17, is that um, those buyers are coming coming back. Um, and, and like I say, I believe that that is just kind of a resurgence um, from the momentum that's being built by, uh, you, you know, the pop- populace in general um, and, and building up their income. And, and so people are just feeling a little bit more confident. Now, um, having said that, uh, you know, we all know um, that things can change very quickly and that there are a lot of external factors that, that come into play. There is some instability politically, um, there are some a concern from economists that uh, maybe the the economy is getting a little bit overheated now. The stock market has been on a record run up. It's probably due for a correction at some point here pretty soon. Um, and, and and so you know there there are certainly things that if you let them could keep you up at night and and have you worrying about the the future of the art market. Um, and again, I, I just feel like. For those kinds of things, those external factors, I, I work as hard as I can not to let those things weigh me down or worry me or, uh, you know, cause me to not push as hard um, as as we, we should be and are. Um, because I can't do anything about those external factors. Um, all I can do is make sure that we're putting forth our best efforts to show the, uh, you know, the most interesting and engaging art that we can, that we're um, engaging with our customers in, in terms of uh, salesmanship and follow up and follow through and just doing everything we can to, to make those sales happen. And so, um, you know, I, th- I think the big lesson to us and, and um, that I would share is just that, um, you know, there's no time like the present to be putting forth 100% of your efforts, no matter what's going on. And, um, um, and I, I think that, um, the, uh, kind of getting back to the blog post, the, the survey results kind of reflect what, uh, what my experience has been, um, and, and granted the quick survey is far from scientific, um, you, you know, it's, it's people, it, it, people, it's it, you all self-selecting yourself to take the poll. And I would encourage those of you who haven't responded to that quick poll, uh, to hop on the blog and, uh, just take a second to vote. I mean, it'll literally take a, a second or two, uh, depending on what your sales were to, uh, select and save that vote and then see how others are voting. Um, but what I'm seeing right now is that um, as I look at that quick poll, um, I broke it down into artists and galleries. Artists are reporting 56% of the artists responding are reporting that their sales were up in 2016 over 2015. Uh, uh, 26% are reporting that sales were down and 18% are reporting that their sales were about the same. And that's from a total of about, uh, we're at about 400 votes at the time that I'm recording this. So, you know, not a huge sample audience, but um, I think it reflects the trend that I'm seeing in conversations that I'm having with artists um, and also with the comments that were left on the post, um, just a, a lot of positive feedback and positive experiences that uh that you all are having in terms of sales. And looking at the galleries, we see kind of the same same trend. Um, we've got 42% who saw sales up, 30% for whom sales were down. So not quite as wide a, uh, a difference between the two uh, up versus down um, for galleries, uh, and then 28% who sales were the same. You know, if you think about it in terms of um, combining those two, my sales were about the same or up, you know, then I'm getting up to uh, what about uh, 70% who for whom sales are the same or up and 30% for whom they were down. So that's still, um, I would say, a, a pretty positive trend. It'll be really interesting to see 
um, how 2017 plays into uh, that. And we'll certainly keep you posted um, as as uh, the, the year continues and, and see if the trend from our perspective uh, continues on. Uh, on to another blog post. Um, early in the week, I posted um, in response to an email that I had received. Um, and, and the email I received, I have to admit, was actually... Um, uh, some time ago, uh, you, you know, at the very least s- several weeks ago, and it may have even been uh, a month or two ago. And that kind of happens sometimes. I'll get an email and um, it's an interesting topic that I do want to respond to and write about um, and and then just get busy. And it ends up uh, being uh, going into the idea file and being postponed for a while. Um, but the the question that came in this email was uh, about fine art versus decorative art, um, and you know, kind of what the differences are, and um, you know, the artist who had sent the email to me kind of stated that uh, she saw that from you know from time to time I'll do a post talking about pieces that we have sold, um, and her comment was that it looks like many of the pieces that we've sold are more decorative than fine art. Um, and, and she kind of wondered about that and, and just kind of wanted to have a little bit of a discussion about um, the, the differences and, and the differences in terms of who buys fine art versus decorative art, um, et cetera. And, you know, this is a... Uh, a I, I, you know, and initially getting these kinds of emails, and as I mentioned in the post, I do get uh, emails about this. I, I especially see posts on our social media when we share artwork from the gallery or from our online gallery or catalog uh, onto social media, Facebook primarily. It's inevitable that we are going to get some feedback uh, from from certain artists that is um, either questioning or downright critical about the artwork, um, and and there's this sense that um, you know somehow the artwork that we are showing and selling and sharing isn't fine art, um, or, or I would say, um, you, you know, that, that sometimes is kind of the language, fine art versus decorative. But I think even at the core, the, the real question is, it's not, quote, real, unquote, art. Um, and I, I, I want to be careful in responding to that. And I tried to strike a balance in um, my, my blog post uh, to, you know, to look at it rationally and try and see both sides of the argument. But if I'm not careful, um, I could let myself be a little bit uh, insulted by that kind of comment or question. Um, you know, because implicit in that is that your gallery is showing artwork that isn't very good or isn't up to the standards that I hold fine art to, or as I say, isn't, isn't real art. Um, and I, 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 I really take issue with that and with that concept that, um, anyone, uh, the commenter or, uh, myself, um, or, or anyone really could, uh, you know, make that as some kind of objective judgment or think that they can be objective, and make the decision about what is or is not real art, or what is or is not fine art. Um, uh, and and from the comments that that were shared on that post, it it seems that there is a, a pretty widespread agreement with this, um, and uh, that that we we are just not in a position to make those kinds of calls. And as a gallery owner, um, y- you know I. Certainly, I'm in a position where that question could come into play. Um, you know, I have to decide all the time what it is that we're going to be showing in the gallery, what our focus is going to be, what we're going to be promoting. Um, and as I mentioned in the post, I uh, over time I've just come to 
uh, either the realization or, or really maybe it was just always naturally there that I just can't spend a lot of time thinking or worrying about that question. Um, and, and frankly, if, if, you know, you as an artist are wondering if your work is good enough or real enough or fine enough or, or, or whatever the term is, um, I, I just don't see a lot of value in spending a lot of time thinking about that, you know, thinking, is my work good enough to go down in art history as fine art or, or whatever it is? I'm not even sure what the, you know, kind of the end push there is, what you're, what you're aiming for. Um, and, and you, you know, I, I think that it can even be um, discouraging or disruptive to your efforts if you're trying to hold yourself to some kind of impossible standard um, that uh, not that that you can't create great art or not even that, you, you you know, who knows, you may be one of the artists who who makes it into the museums and, and art history. But I would would really not spend a lot of time thinking about that result and like I say, I don't spend a lot of time contemplating that in terms of what I'm going to be showing in the gallery. Instead, uh, as an artist, what I would suggest we should be thinking about is what can I do to create the highest quality, most interesting art that I can and um, and and produce it in a way that's really going to uh, give me an opportunity to express my vision and share a unique perspective, um, you know, my perspective and my experience with the rest of the world. Uh, and I think that if you are holding yourself to that standard um, and, and thinking about um, how you can constantly push yourself forward, you're going to be in a much better place in terms of your outlook and perspective on your art world, if you're not, or, or on your artwork, excuse me, if you're not thinking about how other people are going to, to be perceiving it. Um, and, you know, really, it just is so subjective, um, you know, what is and, and is not fine art. Now, um, having said that, there's certainly, and, and, and it's not hard to see some of the trends in terms of, um, you know, where the art museums are putting their interest and efforts. You, all you have to do is, um, you know, go to some of the uh, museum shows and exhibits and you, you get a pretty good idea of what they think is interesting um, but in my experience, um, you know, there's this this kind of spectrum of of uh, what kind of art is being shown where, um, and and not to say that uh, there can't be some variety and range in any one of these venues, but if you just think about the kind of the realities. Um, and, and almost from a an evolutionary standpoint, um, survival of the fittest kind of thing, uh, those different realities have a big impact on what kind of art is going to be shown where. So, for example, um, and I'll just take Phoenix as my example since that's the market that uh, you know I'm in and, and interacting with. There are um, galleries like mine that are really focused on, and again, I hope I'm not being crass by saying this, but but my focus has to be on sales. Um, you know, I, I'm in an area that is very high-end and attracts um, wealthy visitors, um, and to have the privilege to be here, uh, the expenses, the overhead is going to be high. And so, you know, rent and, and um, all those kinds of costs are going to be um, significant. And it means that as a gallery owner, I, I simply have to be selling artwork. I have to make sure that the people who are going to be in my gallery uh, on a regular basis are going to be finding artwork that is interesting to them and that they're going to want to make an, an investment in and, and purchase. Um, and, and so there is, you know, it's not a one-way street at all. I don't, get, I don't have the luxury of saying, 
well, uh, you, you know, I want to push this or that, or I want to really um, stretch some boundary here and, uh, you know, do something that's never been seen before and challenges people and, um, you know, may not have commercial success. Now, even in my gallery, I get to have a, a bit of a spectrum because, um, you know, I have some artists who have a very broad appeal and sell very consistently um, and, and reach a wide audience. And but but I can also throw into the mix some other artists who are, uh, you know, at, at various ends of that spectrum. And, you know, I want to do some experimenting and, and show some work that's interesting to me that maybe is a little bit more challenging um, and, and is going to cause, uh, some of my collectors to scratch their heads a little bit and, and, um, you know, wonder if, if that's uh, of any interest to them. And, you know, maybe it's just going to be more of a, uh, a reach for that to be something that they would be interested in. Um, but at the same time, um, you, you know, I have to strike that balance and, and that balance is going to be different, um, for some of the the galleries that are in uh, what I would call alternative locations. So we have a growing art market in downtown Phoenix, which um, downtown Phoenix, uh, for those of you not familiar with our, our uh, micro geography here, um, it is not, or, or traditionally has not been a thriving downtown. It's not, uh, you know, like a downtown Chicago or New York or, or even LA. Um, we're kind of a commuter community. And, um, so traditionally, uh, you know, certainly there are a lot of people working in downtown, but at five o'clock, everybody leaves and the place is, is kind of a ghost town. There's not much of a nightlife, um, you know, not a lot of high-end residential in the area, uh, at least traditionally that had been the case. That's starting to change now. Part of that is because of what's happened in the art market uh, in, in Central Phoenix. There were a lot of kind of warehouse spaces and small retail spaces and even some older homes that were converted into galleries. Um, and that were done so uh, in a way that kept the expenses pretty low. And, and so uh, those, those galleries have a little bit different dynamic uh, than, than I do, and, and the pressures are a little bit different, um, simply because they don't have that uh, commitment to overhead that, that I do and, and can think about sales volume in a little bit different way. And, and as a result of that, um, you know, they, they do have the ability to show some more cutting edge art and, um, you know, work with kind of up and coming, uh, artists. They tend to focus on, uh, you know, maybe avant-garde or, or conceptual artwork. Um, and, and it's really interesting, exciting. And I love going to those galleries and, and, uh, seeing some of the work there. And, and I think that, uh, you know, sometimes the artists there will experience some some success and and sales and and breakthrough and um, you know I'm certainly not implying that uh, uh, you know my gallery being located in Scottsdale and and catering to art collectors automatically means that we're going to be more successful than those galleries are. I know that some of those galleries have been very successful and in fact interestingly. Um, you know, some of the galleries that had been in Scottsdale, where my gallery is located, have actually made the move to Central Phoenix. Um, and, you know, if they felt like if the if these galleries felt like their aesthetic worked better and, and was more interesting to a clientele that would would um, be interested in Central Phoenix, it kind of made sense for them to make that move. So so you kind of see that. And, and then on the other end of the spectrum, you know, you have your museums and, and in our area, we kind of have two big players and a couple of other museum players. Um, the Phoenix Art Museum is is one and then the Scottsdale Museum of Contemporary Art is another. Um, and, and then there is the, the Museum of the West and uh, a museum in Mesa. And, and there's kind of a, a, uh, a mix in terms of, of museums here. We're not 
we're, we're a relatively new city and, and market, so our museums aren't incredibly well established. Our collections are still in their early phases, I would say. Um, and, and that gives the curators of these institutions an opportunity to uh, be creative and bring in some exhibitions of uh, artists from outside the state that are interesting and also some local artists. Um, and in the museum, you can certainly afford to be uh, to take bigger risks, if you will. Um, you know, yes, there are financial realities and you do have to think about, um, you know, pleasing the patrons and, and, um, not doing anything that's going to upset your funding. Um, but a museum is, is to a much lesser degree is, is dependent on the, the artwork that they're showing being, uh, quote, commercially viable, unquote, uh, you know, they're able to, um, uh, take in very conceptual work, very difficult work, and show it. And and and, and in fact, um, in some ways, I think they're rewarded for doing that. Um, uh, in terms of some of the patrons who will back the museum with funding and and donate. And so, um, you know, looking at that spectrum. Uh, you realize that there's only so much latitude that any one of us has based on our position in the art market to um, to take an artwork. And, um, you know, museums will almost be punished if they take in work that is too conventional or too traditional. Um, at least that seems to be the, the overall trend. Um, and, and the same could be true of the galleries in Central Phoenix that are, are on the more avant-garde end of the spectrum. People just aren't as interested in that. That's not what they're going there for. They're going there to see something um, that, that uh, is challenging or new. And, and, and then in, in my gallery and, um, you know, the, the market that I'm competing in, um, you, you know, I have a range that I have to fit within um, for my collectors. I have to, to give them work that, um, as I said earlier, will potentially be something that they would take into their homes and, you know, kind of fits in the price ranges and, and all those kinds of things. And certainly there's a lot more to dis discussion to be had in many different aspects of that. But at the end of the day... Um, as I concluded in the article, and as many of you uh, echoed in your comments, at the end of the day, it really comes down to artwork speaking to someone, uh, you know, and, and making an emotional connection with them. Um, and I, I, I would propose and, and argue that there just simply is no objective way that you can say that something that's speaking to you is more valid than the piece of artwork that speaks to anyone else. Um, it, it's just a, a distinction that I, I, I just simply don't agree with. And, um, you know, I, some of you mentioned in your comments that there's a, a bit of pretension in, in that assumption that somehow you get to be the arbiter of what is and isn't fine art or, or great art, real art. Um, and I think uh, I, I wanted to just pull in a comment that I think stated this very eloquently. This came from Joel Bruce Wallach. He said, it's an artificial distinction between fine art and decorative art is caused by confusion that exists only in the artist's mind. And he was speaking of the artist that had sent the email to me that kind of started this whole conversation. Uh, the comment goes on to say, there can be no such distinction in the real world because buyers have the right to enjoy a piece on its aesthetic merits, on its power to resonate with them as an emotional touchstone and on its harmonious integration into their home decor. After all, as aesthetically satisfying and emotionally moving though the artwork may be, who wouldn't also want it to look good in its environment? An implied judgment that the artist who sent the email is also making is that art that looks good to this artist is merely decorative could not also be art that for some clients genuinely provides emotional resonance. To deny buyers their right to be moved by art that they like is to judge their emotions, their thoughts, and their highly personal aesthetic choices. 
I think that's a very uh, succinct and eloquent way that put it. And I really appreciate there were many other comments there that um, kind of resonated and reflected that. Um, and, and I guess what I would say is that um, at the same time, I also do understand that, um, uh, you know, for for some artists and art critics, um, thinking that they are right and that they know what good art is, uh, you know, is, is their personal prerogative and that they, uh, you know, enjoy that process of, of being critical and um, thinking about the art, art uh, you know, from their standpoint. And I, I'm not trying to take that away. And I'm not saying that, uh, you know, you have to accept all artwork as great artwork. Um, you know, there certainly are, uh, some objective elements that most of us could, could agree upon. Uh, but I'm reminded of, uh, you know, there's kind of a, a, uh, uh, humorous take on, on this question of what is fine art. Um, and uh, early in, in my career, I, I kind of heard this said, and it's really resonated with me. And, and that is that what is fine art? It's the last piece of art that I've sold. Um, you, you know, in other words, we, we, we just don't know, we can't tell. And, um, you know, we're not going to try and make that judgment. And so the judgments that I'm trying to make are, what fits in the gallery? Um, what is going to be interesting to my collectors? And I'm going to be constantly evolving in that and adapting and finding things that uh, do work and don't work. And, um, you know, I, I think that is the more useful perspective on um, artwork f for me as a gallery owner, um, you, you know, functionally, what sells and and what gets interest and and um, what what doesn't and uh, you know I have some responsibility within that to uh, try and optimize everything that I'm showing and in, in terms of how it's displayed how we're talking about it the information we're sharing um, and and there's some education that can be done um, to collectors but ultimately. Uh, you know, there's a point where collectors know their own hearts and minds and either are or aren't going to be interested in something. And, and, um, uh, it's at, at my own peril and, and, and even for artists, it's at your own peril, um, to try and ignore that and pretend it doesn't exist. Um, you know, certainly for an artist, uh, you, you want to be thinking about what's the optimal market for my work. Where's the best place for me to be showing? Where are the people who are most likely to be interested in my work going to be congregating to encounter artwork? And I want to make sure that my artwork is there. And so um, that's kind of how I would leave that uh, that that question. And um, you know, certainly. Uh, would I love to have the artists that I'm showing end up in a, you know, in a museum ultimately and, and become, uh, you know, world famous and, and artists of art history? Sure, I would. Um, but as I say, I, I can't let that be my only concern or even my primary concern as I work to build the sales for the artists that I'm representing. So, to shift gears just a little bit then, so I've talked about a couple of blog posts. Now I want to just jump into a couple of recent experiences in the gallery that I think uh, will be, uh, well, they're interesting to me and they were enlightening to me and I hope they will be to you as well. Um, just a couple of quick experiences. Um, about uh, a month ago, uh, I happened to be on the floor uh, of the gallery, um, which, you know, almost inevitably as time goes on um, and I become busier and busier kind of managing the the big picture items in the gallery and, and business strategies and marketing and promotion and all those kind of things, I end up spending less time on the floor than, than I might like to, certainly less than I used to when, when this was kind of a... a uh, uh, you know, one or two person show uh, going on at the gallery where, uh, you know, my wife and I and, and maybe an employee or two were running everything. I spent a lot of time on the floor and, and had my hands in most of the sales. Well, over the years, um, I've been fortunate to bring in some great salespeople. Um, and and uh, I, I just end up spending less time on the floor than I used to. And, and so anyway, I, I kind of relish those opportunities when they come along. Um, and, and especially if I let myself 
put my whole focus there and, and get to spend some time on the floor. Well, so anyway, um, uh, I, I'm on the floor and a gentleman walks through the front door and s- straight to me. Um, you know, I, as far as I could tell, he, he didn't even really look around the gallery much. Um, you, you know, just was pretty clearly on a, a bit of a mission and he came up to me and, um, uh, I welcomed him, uh, introduced myself. He said his name and, um, and, and said, I'm looking for a very particular piece of art, um, I said, great, how can I help you? And he said, I've, I've got this space in my home. Um, I need something that's about 48 inches by 48 inches. Um, and I'll show you a photo of another piece that, that we have in our home in Seattle. This is for our home here in, in Arizona. Um, and, and we want something not, not that looks like this, but it'll kind of give you an idea of our taste. And so he pulled out his phone, um, brought up an image of this piece that they had in Seattle. And he said, um, you know, really, it's just critical that I find the, the perfect piece for this space. So, you know, obviously this kind of reflects a, a little bit on the discussion we were having about fine art versus uh, decorative art. Um, but it wasn't that, uh, he, he had particular colors in mind or a particular composition or, you know, needed to match something rather. It was that he knew he had a very specific space that, uh, needed a piece of artwork. Uh, there was a piece of artwork already in this space and they, he and his wife wanted to replace that artwork, which didn't really reflect their interests. Um, uh, I later ended up finding out that they had uh, purchased this um, condominium in a high-rise condo building, uh, fully furnished. Uh, they they wanted to have a winter place uh, to escape the uh, the you know the northeast clouds and rain and and uh, winter weather, and so they just wanted something easy in in Arizona and purchased walked into the situation where they purchased the condominium fully furnished including all of the artwork. So the artwork um, that they wanted to replace happened to be in the dining room. They knew exactly, you know, it was the right size for the space, about four feet squared. Um, and they wanted something that just reflected their uh, interest and aesthetic. And and so um, this is, and, and many of you, I suspect, will have run into a similar scenario where you've had someone come in and, and uh, you know, they're, they're particularly interested in finding something for a specific spot. And in my experience, these can be very challenging sales to make. Um, you know, far easier to have someone come in, look around the gallery, spend a few minutes and find a particular piece, fall in love with it, uh, know that it's about the right size and shape to fit into their home and and make that purchase and, and you're done. Um, you know, it's, it's in a lot of ways, what this gentleman was asking me to do was reverse engineer our way into the perfect piece of art for that space. And like I say, that can be a real challenge. And certainly, um, you know, I've had many instances in the past where uh, similarly, I've had clients come in looking for something very specific and have spent a lot of time trying to meet that uh, request and, and you know, pulling together images of artwork from a variety of artists, both in our gallery, um, on our website. I've even put out calls for art on the blog. Um, and, you know, given the client many, many options only to never find exactly the right piece for them. Um, and of course that can be very frustrating because there was a lot of work that goes into that. And so, you know, understandably, um, and a gallery salesperson or owner is going to be a little bit skeptical about the possibilities in, in the situation. Uh, you know, most of the time, or or at least a, a good percentage of the time, th- this kind of opportunity comes to naught, and the client ends up finding something on their own somewhere else, and like I say, just just can feel a little bit like wasted effort. However, even though that is the case, and and even though um, you can can run into those kind of challenges. Um, it, it just, you never know. And ultimately, um, 
you know, those, those hard won sales can be very satisfying and, uh, you would just never want to miss out on, on any opportunity that presents itself. And so I took the gentleman's information, his, uh, email address, phone number, et cetera, and promised that, um, I would make some presentations, you know, very quickly while he was in the gallery, I pointed into several different pieces that were kind of in this range in terms of size. Um, but, but nothing, jumped out at him. And so he requested that I I follow up with some additional images and I promised I would. And so, um, you know, the, the next step, as soon as he left the gallery was for me to put on my thinking cap and start to try to, uh, figure out which artists would be the most appropriate to potentially offer, um, uh, to the, the client and, um, you know, go out to the website and start to pull some images together. Um, and then I also reached out to, um, a couple of our artists, um, in, in full disclosure, the first artist I'm almost always going to reach out to is my father. Um, obviously we have, uh, certain advantages built in there. If I can sell my father's work, it's, it's a, a big win, um, for everyone involved. And so, um, I, you know, I reached out to him and said, Hey, what do you have that would be in, in this size range? Um, and I forgot to mention the client also mentioned a budget. Um, they were looking for something between 3000 and $6,000. So, you know, I had some real parameters to work with and I knew the size, I knew the price point, I knew what I had to fit in. And that did make things a little bit easier because I wasn't, uh, you know, fishing completely in the dark. Uh, so anyway, I went to my father and said, what do you have? Um, send me images of anything in that size. And, and I ended up, um, uh, you know, in preparation for sending an email to the client with about uh, six or seven different pieces that I thought would be possibilities. Now, in the past, um, when I've done this, um, you know, maybe I've put out a call on the blog or or whatever, um, you know, I may potentially get dozens or uh, hundreds of images in, Um, And my approach to this is always to keep things simple for the client. Um, I I would never want to send a client dozens and dozens of images um, and and try and have them select from all those images. Instead, I'm going to pick two or three of the candidates that I feel are most likely going to be a fit. Um, and those are the ones that I emailed to the client. Uh, in this case, I think I did end up with three. Um, and I put the one that I liked the most and, and the one that I felt was most interesting um, at the top and, and then included two others along with it. Well, um, uh, you know, almost almost instantaneously, within, within a few hours, certainly, I received an email back from the client that uh, said, oh, you know, thank you so much for getting this information to us so quickly. Um, we're really interested in the first piece that you've included in this email. Um, you, you know, it looks like it could be very, very interesting in the space. And we like how, uh, you know, kind of the composition, it was a, uh, uh, abstracted piece, but, um, you know, kind of reminiscent of a still life with uh, uh, flowers, very vibrant, uh, very colorful and very textural. And so I said, great, Um, you know, I can arrange to show you this piece in your home, Um, what would work for you? And the client got back to me and said, you know, it it turns out, it works out, I didn't realize you'd you'd get back to us so quickly. Um, We're actually just getting ready to go on a trip um, to the South Pacific, uh, or I can't remember, New Zealand or or somewhere, Australia. They were going to be traveling some distance, and they were going to be gone for a couple of weeks. Um, So could we arrange to see it after we return? And and I, of course, said, yes, we'd be happy to oblige you. Um, Let's go ahead and set up an appointment and a time um, when you're back so that uh, I can make arrangements to have the artwork uh, available for you and ready to show in your home. And and this is really important. I feel like, um, you know, you want to be very careful in this kind of situation uh, not to... 
let the interest get cold or to leave something hanging where, you know, you have the potential for them to forget or you forget. Um, so I wanted to make sure we had something concrete. And uh, so we set up a time um, just shortly after they'd be returning and, um, uh, you know, made arrangements that I would call them just to confirm that the, uh, on the day before the scheduled time to show them the piece in their home. So they left on their trip, they were gone a couple of weeks. And then sure enough, uh, when they got back, he actually called me and said, you know, my wife and I have been thinking about that piece, uh, while we've been traveling and we were really excited to see it. So we're looking forward to having you show it to us, uh, tomorrow. Uh, which of course I'm ecstatic. That's, that's great news. Uh, you know, again, often you might get a phone call saying, eh, yeah, well, we thought about it and we want to keep, you know, you just never know. And so this seemed very promising. So I delivered the piece to their home. Um, it happened to be a Saturday, which, uh, normally I am not in the gallery or working on Saturday. I tried to spend time with my family on the weekend, but, uh, made arrangements to, uh, have the piece with me. And, uh, they actually, their, their condominium is not terribly far from where I live. Um, and so it wasn't a big deal to drive it over there. Um, went into the home and saw the piece that was in the space. Um, and it, it fit, um, and certainly was was interesting in the space. It was a uh, somewhat abstracted um, kind of jazz musicians scene, um, and and you know it, it was just also clear though that this wasn't the the style of artwork that um, that my clients were interested in. So this was what they were were trying to replace, and so we um, kind of held the held the piece I'd brought up in the space and. Um, Uh, took a look at it and they said, oh, it's very promising. We like it. Uh, We need to think about it. So can we call you next week? And I said, sure, but uh, why don't I leave the piece with you so you can live with it and see how it's going to look in the space? And it it happened that there's an upright piano. um, It's actually an electronic upright piano right underneath the piece that's there right now. So we were able to very carefully set the piece I'd brought on top of that, and um, I, I reassured them that it would be no problem for me to pick the piece up if, if they decided it didn't work. Um, those were not my exact words, by the way. I, I really, um, you, you know, I, I make the assumption that they are going to buy it, and that's the kind of language that I use. But I wanted to let them know that it was no big deal at all for me to leave the piece with them and, and let them look at it. And um, I have learned over the years that if I can get a piece into a home, uh, my chances of a sale are significant. If I get the piece to stay in the home, they're even more significant. So uh, that was what I was aiming to do. And they agreed to, to keep the piece and uh, told me that it looked very promising, but they would let me know once they had made a decision in a couple of days. And um uh, you, you know, typically I like to give people 24 to 48 hours. This was over a weekend. So I asked that they just uh, call me by Tuesday and let me know one way or the other. And, um, sure enough, the husband was going to be traveling that next week, but the, the wife was staying in town. She called me on Tuesday, said they were going to take the piece and, um, asked me if I would come out and, and help, help hang it. And, and, uh, I made arrangements to do that the following day. Um, and you know, I, I, I really like to be of service if I can, if there's any way I can, can, um, you know, provide hanging and, and placing the artwork. I like to do that. Uh, well, my one concern was that the piece that was there in the space was actually a, um, uh, it wasn't a mural, but it was painted on panel and somehow, rather than, than having a wire and, and hanging on a hook, this piece was mounted directly to the wall. And instead of having a frame, it had a molding around it that was also secured to the wall. So, um, you know, the, the question from the clients was, how do we get this off the wall? And, um, you, you know, is there going to be damage underneath? Uh, you, you know, we, we couldn't even take it down to show them the other piece because it's, it's permanently affixed to the wall. And I was 
understandably had a little bit of trepidation about um, showing, you know, about being involved in moving that piece. Um, but at the same time, I knew that if I wanted the sale to happen, I, I needed to help. And, and um, you know, I also am pretty confident in myself that if anyone else could figure it out, I have enough experience, I can probably figure it out too. So uh, I brought out some tools, uh, putty knife and, and uh, screwdrivers and, and uh, just tried to figure out. And this this other piece was actually it was two panels um there was a 48 by 48 panel that was nailed to the wall and then apparently the panel with the painting on it uh and even more interesting it was actually ended up being two panels but you, uh, you couldn't see a separation in it when you just looked at the piece but it was two panels that were glued onto this first panel and so to get it off the wall i just had to pry underneath it and remove the nails and just very carefully loosen it from the wall and pull it out. And fortunately, you know, my concern was that uh, maybe they had glued the whole thing to the wall, which was going to cause damage to the drywall and, and just be a real potential mess. That didn't end up being the case. There were just some small nail holes that uh, I, I touched up with spackle. And then we hung the the piece um, that I had delivered over the top of that. And so n there wasn't even really much exposure uh, from where we had removed the other piece. Um, but, but just a couple quick things I want to mention during that installation process. I got to have a really fabulous conversation, um, with the wife. Um, it turned out that, um, so the husband was an executive for a, a very large multinational corporation, uh, one that you would all be very familiar with. Uh, he was the CFO for this company. Um, but it turned out that the wife had served as the ambassador to a, uh, far Eastern country, um, for several, several years, uh, during the, the mid to late two thousands. And, um, so I, you know, as, as I'm in the home and, and installing the artwork and I'm going to be there for, you know, at least 25, 30 minutes, um, probably with, with this client kind of looking over my shoulder as I work, that can be a little bit intimidating and certainly, can, is long enough that it could be an awkward silence if you're not having a conversation. And so um, I look at those experiences as an opportunity to build some relationship and, and um, who knows? I mean, you just never know what you're going to learn from people. And so, um, you know, I kind of asked a, a little bit of uh, about background and she mentioned that she had been an ambassador and had had other careers. Um, you know, she had a background in chemistry um, in, in the law field and, and just really a fascinating woman. And, um, you know, the, the ambassadorship was really interesting. So I asked, how does one become an ambassador? And it just unfolded into this, uh, really, uh, very interesting opportunity for me to learn a little bit more about the world, learn about her and show some interest and, um, you know, uh, fill that time while I'm working, um, and, and build a, a little bit of a relationship. And, you know, so I, I guess if I were, okay, well, before I do that, before I summarize, um, got the piece up, it looked great. Um, you know, took the other piece down and, um, I could just tell that she was very happy to have found the perfect piece of art for this, this space. And, um, uh, her children who had visited the home in the fall had uh, actually uh, given her some gift cards because they wanted to contribute to finding a new piece of artwork for this space. And so it was really a, a kind of a delightful event for them to have found this. And, and I was, was thrilled to be a part of it um, and to have made it work and, and put that effort forward. And, and, and so kind of in summary, uh, you know, if I look at that experience as lessons learned, um, you know, the first is just that I, I love the business that we are in. There are so many, um, you know, er, kind of every, every opportunity is going to be different. Um, there's going to be, uh, you know, new experiences to be had, new people to be met with interesting backgrounds and experiences. And, and so I look at, uh, at, at every opportunity as that, um, yes, obviously it's my business and we want to make the sales and we want to have the revenue and, and all those kinds of things. But, 
um, at the end of the day, it really is a business about relationships and experiences and, and bringing great art in, and uh, the resulting um, enjoyment into people's lives. And so, um, you know, I, I would just encourage you as, as you're interacting with potential buyers to, to be as professional as you can, to offer um, service, you know, kind of go above and beyond the call of duty, um, you know, like I did with with uh, kind of doing some searching for them to find the the right piece of art in the installation. Um, you know, be willing to adapt to different scenarios um, and and uh, just learn as much as you can in in each experience. Um, and and so there you have it, uh, an experience out of the gallery. And there you also have podcast number one. Uh, I hope you've enjoyed it. I hope you like the uh, the format. I so far so good for me. I, I enjoyed spending a little bit of time with you, and um, I'm kind of looking forward to having some uh, some additional podcasts in the future. We'll see what, like I say, we'll see what the uh, format evolves into and how well it fits into an already crazy schedule. Um, but if you would take just a moment to leave a comment um, either on the blog, if that's where you seeing this, uh, where most of you will have seen the email for it. Uh, let me know what you liked about the format, if you want me to continue with it, what you'd like to see in the podcast. Uh, leave any comments uh, in terms of the discussion that uh, we had during this episode. Uh, and then stay tuned for future broadcasts, podcasts, I should say. And uh, we'll just, just see what how the format evolves and where it goes and what kind of fun we can have. Uh, thanks for joining me, everyone. And we'll look forward to seeing you next time. <music>